Welcome to Strong Not Starving, my name is Marcus Kane, and if you want to beat binge eating and create a rewarding dynamic with food, exercise and body image, you're in the right place. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice. Now, I had an interesting conversation with a client the other week who came to the session and said, you know, what do we do now? Or so what do we learn this week? And you know, we were a few weeks in to working together and I reflected on that question and actually said, well, really, every single concept or every single principle that we would need to master in order to break away from cycles of binge eating forever and develop that rewarding dynamic with food and exercise that we're always talking about, we've already talked about it in one way or another. And all these things then become about how do we fully comprehend and master and practice and, you know, put these things into action. So there can be this trap when it comes to this process of always thinking that, okay, what's the next trick that I need to learn? What's the next thing? How do I know more? When in reality, there's just like a a very small number of things that if we master these things, we're going to find ourselves in a much, much better place. Now, I don't want to whitewash this process here because mastering any one of these things, you know, it requires practice and there's troubleshooting involved. So there is there is a challenge here. There are very real obstacles, but there aren't very many different principles, if that makes sense. I just want to help you avoid falling into that trap of feeling like I... I always need new information or I always need to be discovering something new or finding the new trick rather than focusing on the small number of things that when done well and really mastered effectively and and properly and really taken to the, the nth degree, they make a huge difference, monumental difference. So I'm going to share five of these things with you today, five of these things that when we master them, like really master them, they're life changing. And before I go on, if you do find yourself trying to put any of these things into practice and finding that maybe the rubber doesn't meet the road for you or that you have questions or that things just aren't working out, follow the link in the episode description and reach out to book a call with me. If you've ever thought about wanting to reach out to me, if you've ever wanted to book a call, if you've ever wanted to have a chat, but the thing kind of standing in your way has been like, ah, you know, like I'd... I don't want to be put in like some high pressure like sales situation or I I don't want to feel like obligated to to get like one-to-one coaching if I book a call. Don't worry. Really don't worry. Just if you've ever had questions, jump on a call and we'll um, help you gain some clarity with what you're experiencing. So in light of that, these five kind of basic fundamental principles that if you master them, you're going to go a very long way, if not all the way. The first one here is outcome-based thinking, right? We need to practice thinking in outcomes rather than getting caught up in mechanisms. Now, what does that mean? So, sure, maybe intentional calorie restriction might result in some kind of weight loss, but what would the outcome of engaging in intentional calorie restriction be for you at this point in time. It's really easy to get caught up in the mechanisms. If I do this, then it's likely that this will happen. But, you know, what's involved in doing that? 
What would that mean for you? What would the actual outcome of that process be? We need to recognize that self-perpetuating nature of disordered eating and body image challenges and restrictive dieting, like this doesn't mean that you need to throw in the towel on all your goals, like I always say. And, you know, it just means that we need to recognize very clearly what's not working and think in outcomes rather than mechanisms. And just to be really super clear, like what works is something that we can sustain. If a particular approach to food produces like a temporarily satisfying result but isn't sustainable, then I'm, I'm sorry, it doesn't fucking work. It's not that you've run out of willpower or that you just need to be more disciplined like you used to be. I can't tell you how many people have told me that. And I always say, look, it's not your fault. It's not that you've lost your discipline. It's not that you can't maintain what you used to be able to maintain. It's, it's just that your body has drawn a line in the sand after so many years of dieting and restriction and and pushing shit uphill with a pointed stick. And your body has just said, like, no more. Like, no more of this shit. I'm not letting you do that anymore. And it's really easy to blame ourselves in those moments and go, oh, if I could, if I could only do what I used to. Um, uh, it, it doesn't work that way. Our bodies don't work that way. It's almost like we get a certain amount of borrowed time where we can put our bodies through a whole bunch of really cruel, unsustainable shit and our body will kind of go on faith and be like, okay, I'll work with you here. I'll, I'll, I'll play ball under the assumption that this isn't going to last forever and then when we try to make it last forever, but forever, when we try to make it last forever, sorry, our bodies just go, ah, yeah, nah, fuck you, yeah, I'm done. I'm drawing, a I'm drawing that line in the sand and I'm not doing this anymore. So remember, what works is what works sustainably. So at this point, we need to do what works for you in real life, not persist with what sounds like it makes sense on paper. So remember, think in long-term outcomes, outcome-based thinking. That's number one. That's a huge shift that we need to make straight away. Number two is overcoming intrusive thoughts. Now, we're going to still be experiencing thoughts and things that bother us, maybe in terms of body image, in terms of food. And these things that the best way that I can describe them is intrusive thoughts. They they pop into our minds. They're very unwelcome. They'll ruin your day and they'll make it very hard to focus on the kind of things that are going to bring you health and fulfillment and wellness in the long run. So when it comes to overcoming intrusive thoughts surrounding food and body image, the first thing we have to do is notice that they're happening. Notice the thought. And although that might sound really obvious, you like Marcus, like, dude, yeah, I notice the thought. It bothers the fuck out of me. Like, how can I not notice it? What I mean is notice the thought and kind of shine a bit of a spotlight on it. Because it's really easy to just go from thought to emotion really, really quickly. We need to notice the thought and kind of pause with that thought for a second. Step two in this process, we need to allow the thought. So don't fight it or label it as bad or troublesome. Remember, your brain is like an Instagram algorithm. Your brain is like a social media algorithm. It's going to give you more of whatever you pay a lot of attention to even if you're paying attention to something in a way where you're kind of saying like, oh, this is shit. I hate this. It's still a lot of attention that you're giving it. So 
If you do that, your brain is going to be like, oh, well, goodness me, this is important. I'm going to give it to you more. So we need to allow the thought as we would allow any other thought. If I told you that you definitely shouldn't ever, if you want to achieve optimal health, you shouldn't ever think about watermelons, all of a sudden you're going to notice like how often you think about watermelons. These intrusive thoughts work in that same way. We need to notice them and then kind of allow them because when we allow a thought, it decreases the emotional charge associated with that thought and in turn allows it to start to dissipate, starts to go away. And step three here is redirecting attention. We want to get out of our heads and into our environment. So this is a great way to look at it. Like we can mindfully redirect attention to a more helpful thought or to our environment, like the task at hand, to movement or any number of things that take us away from the world of that intrusive thought and speculation surrounding that. So when it comes to overcoming intrusive thoughts that try to drag you back into old practices and processes that are essentially disordered eating. Notice the thought, allow the thought, then redirect attention. That's what we want to be doing. The third fundamental that we want to be looking at and practicing and mastering is emotional regulation in the body. So practice relaxing the body when noticing a feeling or emotion occurring in response to a situation or a thought. So we feel emotions in the body. We experience all our thoughts and, you know, speculation about stuff and storytelling that goes on up in our mind. But then the thing that really bothers us is the, the feeling that those thoughts create, the feeling in our body. We want to be able to start soothing the feeling rather than arguing with the thoughts. So noticing that feelings are happening in the body and engaging with things like relaxed breathing letting go of tension, or maybe even moving your body in a soothing way. Most of us are trying to negotiate with or argue with our emotions or thoughts in one way or another. But this just creates more problems, like needing to go to the bathroom and trying to hold it, right? Being able to feel and regulate emotion in the body is key. It allows our emotions to kind of come and go like the tide, rather than getting backed up and building pressure like a dam. Because, you know, when damn walls break, they break hard. And we don't want that happening with our feelings and emotions. We have to be able to process them and soothe them in the body. While at the same time, overcoming or moving past intrusive thoughts. All right, fundamental number four, practical, healthy food habits. There is such a thing as good enough when it comes to food and there's a point of diminishing returns where increased effort doesn't dramatically increase positive health outcomes. And this is going to be a unique and personal balance for everyone. So like a conversation about that one-to-one -one can sometimes help with figuring out exactly what optimal is for you. And when I say optimal, I mean balancing practicality and good mental health with what's achievable. And I'm so sorry if I sound a bit exasperated while talking about this particular point. I'm, re I'm, I'm really sorry if I just sound like the life is kind of sucked out of me right now because like I, I, I exist every day in the nutrition space listening to self-proclaimed experts say shit 
that is just so wrong and so damaging and they're doing it purely for the benefit of their own bank account, trying to scare you into getting you on board with following their page and buying their book or buying their shitty supplements or whatever the fuck. And it, it's, it, it does my head in that, the, that this is not illegal. Um, I'm going to draw a line there right now and not go down a very ranty kind of rabbit hole because I'm teetering on the edge right now of doing that. But don't get me wrong. There's a lot of space for great things in terms of diet and what we can achieve if we exit that pendulum swing kind of approach to nutrition, going from one end of the scale to the other and from one restrictive approach to the other or from a highly restrictive approach to binging and being completely off the wagon and then back on. Like, if we go straight down the middle and find what's achievable, find what's practical, find what's good enough, we can do so much. So that's all I'll say. (laughs) about that. I might rant on another episode about people trying to scare you into thinking that the stakes are much higher with food than they actually are. Unless there's a specific medical condition involved, most of the time, the vast majority of cases, good enough is going to be okay. And we're going to be very healthy with an approach that leaves your sanity intact. Number five is one that so many of us are missing and it's 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 really rough to have conversations about this one when so many of us are in positions where we've got a lot of responsibilities and we're we're balancing everything in life and we're just doing the best we can but number 5 is joy now there's no way to avoid experiencing challenging moments but In these challenging moments, we need a reason not to say, fuck it, everything I do in my life is for someone else, and ice cream is the only thing I have that's for me, so I'm eating this. We need a reason to live that goes beyond just existing to meet the needs of other people. What can you look forward to that's just for you? And when it comes to joy... Guilt is an unfortunately common experience. And what I mean by that is, like, not just the guilt and regret that comes with binge eating, but the guilt associated with feeling like self-medicating with food is some kind of declaration that whatever we're lucky enough to have in our lives isn't enough and that we need more. That, you know, the loving family, the roof over our heads and our health isn't enough to be experiencing joy And that we should feel bad about maybe wanting more than that. Maybe not even admitting that we want more than that. This doesn't mean that we can't be grateful for the people we love, for our health, for the roof over our heads. But being grateful for those things doesn't mean that there can't be a part of you that's like, what the fuck do I do that's just for me? Like, what... When was the last time that I looked forward to something just for me other than food? And that's what I mean by joy. It can be a process. It really can be a process finding these things and connecting with these things. But you know you're on the right track when there's something in your life that you look forward to more than the idea of being by yourself eating something. 
So before you go and try to learn all the stuff about nutrition and overcoming disordered eating and exercise, focus on these things like outcome-based thinking, overcoming intrusive thoughts, emotional regulation in the body, practical, achievable, healthy food habits, and cultivating some joy in your life. These are things that are going to pay dividends when we practice them, when we investigate them. They might sound simple, but you know, they're not quite as straightforward as they they sound. So reach out to me if you have questions. My name's Marcus Kane. This was Strong Not Starving, and I'll be back next week.